to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. And if it stopped right there, wouldn't that be great? We'd say, wow, but it doesn't even stop there, does it? Then it goes on that you may obtain mercy. How many of you need mercy every day? Yeah. You come in, you have favor. It's a throne of favor and it says, I want to give you mercy. Do you want to have mercy today? Do you know I use this verse probably every day, at least once a day, I use this verse in my prayer time with the Lord because it's so powerful. I need his mercies every day. I go before his throne of grace. I said, God, I come boldly before your throne of grace that I might obtain mercy. Lord, please, may, may I obtain mercy again today. Can I start my day with mercy, Lord, please? That I might obtain your mercy. And Lord, can I remind you, it doesn't just stop there. It says that, and that I might have grace to help in time of need. How many need grace to help you in time of need? Yeah, every day. I don't believe there's a day that goes by I don't pray this prayer to the Lord. Sometimes twice. If it's a bad day, 20 times. No, no, I'm just joking. (laughs) Grace to help in time of need. Grace to help in time of need. Unmerited favor to help in time of need. This is our God. I don't know what picture you have of God. Like he's some mean, cruel master in heaven just waiting to, to, you know, correct you and spank you and hit you and kick you and throw you on the ground and and just beat you and all these crazy things. No, he wants you to come and repent and turn from your sin. He wants to help you. He wants to fill you with his love. He wants to fill you with his joy. He wants to fill you with his goodness. And he wants to help you with his grace, his favor. That's God. Okay, check this one out. Hebrews, what else does he say? Talking about his throne and all this and what he did for us at the cross. It says, but we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels. When Jesus Christ came to the earth, he became a man, 100% God, 100% man, but still he came in a little lower than the angels. He wasn't able to, you know, do, he, you know, laid aside some of his powers, if you would, for a little lower than the angels, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. He went to the cross, he tasted death for everyone. For it was not fitting for him, for whom are all things, through all things, Jesus, Jesus made everything. And by whom are all things? Through Jesus. And bringing, can we say this together? Bringing many sons to glory. He tasted death. He went to the cross, confirming what we just read. Not that we need to confirm it, but he wants to bring many sons to glory, many sons and daughters to glory. What are you talking about glory? Well, in his glory, his, his presence in, in heaven. He wants to bring you to, to his presence in glory. Ultimately, that's going to be when we die. To be absent from our body as believers means we're going to be in the presence of the Lord. But I believe also we can just enter into his glory. We can enter into his presence any time. And check this out. I just, just little theological stuff down here. To make, the, to make the captain of their salvation, that's Jesus, perfect through suffering. And you might look at that and say, What? Jesus was made perfect through suffering? Wasn't Jesus already perfect? Very good, you're right. Jesus was already perfect. I believe what it's saying to make him perfect through suffering, meaning that it's not, 
he's made perfect because he's already perfect. But his perfect sacrifice and, then in, and through the suffering, through the cross, he was put into a perfect position, a, a better position for us as, as high priest over the house of God. Before this, he wasn't high priest over the believers. Now, because of his death and resurrection, he sits at the right hand of the Father and he's high priest over the house of God. It's, he's got a better position, a more, a, a, you know, more of a... a an honored position over the house of God. Amen? Does that make sense? So it's a reminder. Take advantage of your access. Start your day off in his glory and his presence. Don't start a day without going into his throne. You might say, Pastor, my schedule's so busy, you don't understand. Well, if it's too busy for God, then you're too busy. And let me tell you this. When you spend time first at his throne, your day will go much better. You'll have more clarity, you'll have more wisdom, you'll have more understanding, and you'll have your marching orders, hopefully. Okay, next verse. You ready for the next two verses? You thought that was heavy. Just wait and see what's coming up. (laughs) By whom also he, Jesus, went and preached to the spirits in prison. What does that mean? Who formerly were disobedient, who once, when, excuse me, when once the divine suffering waited in the days of Noah. While the ark was being prepared in which a few, that is, eight souls, were saved through water, by whom also he, Jesus, went and preached to prisoners, the spirits in prison. Well, let me start by saying this. The word preach here does not mean he preached the gospel. This word, if you're a note taker, it means to herald, to make an official or legal announcement. He's not preaching the gospel. Let me tell you first what this does not mean. Churches teach, some places teach, that Jesus went into the spirits of those of Noah's day, those that died because they were all wiped out except eight souls, so they had a second chance. That's what some churches teach, that they they had another chance. So Jesus went into the place called Hades, we'll look at that, a place of, of a holding tank, and he went in and preached the gospel and gave everybody a second chance, and then they come up with this, uh, the, the, the word to purgatory, and there's a holding place for people, and then you go and you preach to the people, and, and we can get people out of purgatory, that's not biblical. Sorry, but it's not. That's not what it says. So he preached, he proclaimed, he made an announcement to spirits, but he didn't preach the gospel. The Bible says it's appointed for man once to die and then the judgment. There's no second chance. I pray and and hope that nobody in this room thinks that you're going to get a second chance once you die, because you won't get a second chance. You have one chance to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It's this side of eternity. You will not have another chance once you enter into eternity. Don't believe that lie, because it's a lie. It's not true. It's not real. You can't find it in the, in the Bible. So that's what it does not mean. Preaching to spirits. Which spirits? Well, there's two major beliefs in this, if I can tell you this. Uh, some believe that the, the preaching... To spirits are preaching to fallen angels, demons that are in the spirits. So they're in prison, they're in Hades, they're locked up, or they're in a holding tank. And so some believe that when Jesus died at the cross, we're told in Colossians 2, Chapter, chapter 2, verse 15, that he disarmed the powers and principalities. Some just say that he went down into the lower parts of the earth and he proclaimed to them, you're disarmed and this is it. You have no power anymore over believers. They're filled with the Holy Spirit. Greater is he that's in them than, he, that, than uh, he that's in the world. And so some believe that, that he preached to them, possibly. Others believe that 
the spirits that are talking about here, the spirits of the people during Noah's day where they died, they went into a place called Hades. We'll look at that. And he's preaching to them, telling them that possibly, and we'll, we'll look at this a little closer, going into Hades, going into uh, the place where the holding place is, telling them, standing there, Jesus standing there and saying, I'm the one you rejected. These people on the other side, on Abraham's bosom, as we're going to look at, they were right. They preached to you guys. You rejected them. You mocked them. You killed them. You, you beat them. They believed in me. And so possibly the preaching that's going on there. We're, let's look at what we do know. Isn't this fascinating stuff, though? I love this stuff. I try not to go too deep on Sunday mornings, so this is a little stretch for us, but I love this. Remember, as we talk about Hades and Abraham's bosom, remember in Luke chapter 16, the story of the rich man and Lazarus? Do not let anybody tell you that this is a parable. This is not a parable. Why do I say this is not a parable? There's many reasons, but one that clenches it for me because there's an actual person being named called Lazarus. None of the parables name names. This is a person, a real person that lived, so it's not a parable. So you have the rich man, and you have a man named Lazarus. Rich, the rich man obviously was rich. He, he had Lazarus by his side. Lazarus would beg for food, and he would just be able to eat the crumbs that fell from this rich man's table. They end up dying, and, and look at where they went. So Lazarus went to Abraham's bosom, The rich man went to, I kept it simple, put them both in red, to Hades. We're going to look at this, and this, this, I love this. Before Jesus died on the cross, there was a place called Abraham's bosom, or also known as paradise. That's where believers went. Those that believed, and they were looking forward to the coming Messiah, we're looking back at the Messiah. They were looking forward to the coming Messiah. They, when they died, they went to a holding place called Abraham's bosom. So it'd be kind of like this, okay? There's a chasm, okay, between, we're going to look at that, a divider, right? So you've got one side, you've got Abraham's bosom over on that side, Hades. We're told it's a place of torment because this man was tormented. And he said, Father Abraham, bring Lazarus over. I'm being tormented. Let him dip his finger in some water so I can at least get a drop of water. It was a place of torment. Abraham's bosom is emptied. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, it says that he that ascended first descended into the lower parts of the earth. He emptied out Abraham's bosom. He emptied it out. He went to heaven and he brought the captives, those that were captive, he, capped, he, he took hold of them and he brought them up to heaven with him. He set the captives free. It wasn't a place of torment. It was a place of comfort. It says in here, he was comforted. See? Lazarus was comforted. The rich man was tormented. Does this mean that all rich people go to hell or Hades? No, it's not the point. One was a believer, the other wasn't a believer. That's the point. Hades is still there. Do we all understand this? Hades is still there. There's a holding place. Revelation chapter 20 talks about the book, in the book, Revelation 20 talks about the great white throne judgment where those in Hades, death in Hades, will be emptied out and they will be cast into the lake of fire. fire. Do you remember what? 
the rich man said to Abraham? He said, send Lazarus to my father's house. I have five brothers, lest they also come to this place of torment. And what did Abraham say? He says, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. In other words, they have the Bible. They, all they need to do is believe the Bible. They're going to realize they all talk about a coming Messiah, the Messiah. And he said, no, Father Abraham, but if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But what did Abraham say back to him? He said, if they do not hear Moses and the prophet, neither will they be persuaded, the one rise from the dead. And we find that today, where they don't believe the Bible, they're not gonna believe that one rose from the dead. They're not gonna believe Jesus Christ died and rose from the dead, and he came back, and over 500 eyewitnesses saw Jesus Christ after he rose from the dead. And people still say, oh, I can't believe that. I don't wanna believe that, that's a fairy tale. You must believe, you need to believe. Jesus Christ died on the cross to take away the sins of the world. He died that we might have access to God because sin separates us from God. The verse I was telling you about is Ephesians 4.8 when it says, therefore he, Jesus says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive. What is that? And then he gave gifts to men. That's talking about Pentecost. He gave gifts to men. But listen, it, it explains it. Now this, he ascended, right? We all know what that means, right? He went to heaven, he ascended. But what does it mean but that he first, can we say that together? Descended. Descended. Where? Can you read that? Where? The lower parts of the earth. Hades. So is it, could it be that he's there? He ascended, but before he ascended, he went down to the lower parts of the earth. He said to Abraham's bosom, guys, Abraham, all you guys, all you believers, you guys come with me. You're mine. You guys that rejected, you guys all of you that mocked these guys, all of you that rejected and rejected the message, you rejected me. Heavy stuff, huh? Last Sunday after service, we went to Red Robin for lunch. The next day, I realized I had food poisoning. I was throwing up for six hours. Pastor Rick that's here, he had the same thing I had. He was throwing up for five and a half hours. It was so funny because uh, Tammy texted us and said, is anybody, you guys sick? And we're like, no, we're fine. And, and then like a couple hours after that, it just hit me. I literally could not get out of bed for like six hours. I had vertigo so bad. I'd get up and just everything just started moving and spinning and everything. And I, I just had to just lay there. I could not move. I couldn't even move my body this way or that way. I had to just stay absolutely still. still. I can't even talk because of it. <laughs> And it was like torment. I'll tell you, we're so blessed to have good health when we have good health. The only one thing I love about getting sick is I, I, I really appreciate my health when I get healthy again. I'm like, wow, Lord, this is good. May I stay like this. But as bad as that was, and it was terrible, it's nothing compared to this place of torment that people are going when they refuse Jesus. And my question to you today, do you believe that? I can tell you by the authority of God, that's what the Bible teaches. But do you truly believe it? And if we believe that people are going to a place called Hades, a place called hell, and then eventually they're going to be held there until the, the white throne judgment, and then they're going to go into the lake of fire and be tormented for all eternity, 
If we truly believe that, which I do believe that, I believe the Bible teaches that, that should change how we talk to people. There's an urgency. I don't know about you, but I've been getting texts, so-and-so passed away, pray, so-and-so passed away, pray, this person died, pray, this person died, pray, this person died, pray. And I'm like, were they a believer? Were they a believer? Were they a believer? Were they a believer? Did someone tell them about Jesus? What was going on during the time of Noah? This is talking about, he's preaching to those that are in prison, possibly there in Hades. What was going on during the time of Noah, remember? This is some crazy stuff, some strange things to consider when you consider Genesis chapter 6, when it talks about the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful, and they took wives for themselves of all whom they chose. Sons of God, throughout the Bible, in the New Testament, when it says sons of God, and I know there's Bible scholars that will disagree with me. I know I've met great pastors that have taught this one way and then taught it another way and then they've gone back and taught it another way. It's not easy to to consider what this could very well mean. Sons of God, look throughout the Bible. It talks about sons of God as angels, fallen angels or angels. And the reason why it's hard to get around this, and I, and I get it, it's tough, but sons of God. So, so let's just look at it, sons of God. Some say, no, these are, you know, these are the ungodly line mixed in with the godly line. Well, I don't know. Today, um, it says when they did that together, they produced giants on the earth. Do you see ungodly people with godly people, and do they have giants when they have babies? And why was God so mad about it all? And the Lord said, my spirit shall not strive with man forever. He's indeed flesh, yet his day shall be 120 years. They were living up to like 900 and some years. But now at this point, God says, that's it. I'm fed up. And there were giants on the earth in those days and also afterwards. What does it say? When? When the sons of God came into the daughters. That means to have inter- sexual encounters with each other. And men of the, excuse me, let me read that over. When the sons of God came into the daughters of men and they bore children to them. Those were the mighty men who were of old, men of renown. The Lord saw the wickedness of man. It was great on the earth. And every intent and thought of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he made man. This is when he destroyed all the earth. Why was it so wicked? Some say because the angels were with the women and it created these giants and it was demonic. It was evil. And God said, I will destroy man and whom I created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creepy things in, of the air. And he, again, he was sorry that he made man. And then this part. But listen, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. This is the genealogy of Noah. He was a just man, perfect. In his, geneal- in, excuse me, in his generation, Noah walked with God. Very interesting. This word perfect means untainted, unmixed, unblemished, whole, not defected, intact. It's interesting. Am I suggesting? I'm not suggesting anything. I'm just telling you what the word means. Noah wasn't infected. His line wasn't infected. Strange. As in the days of Noah, Luke chapter 17, verse 26, and I'm, I'm winding down real quick here. It says, as in the days of Noah, so will it be in the days of the Son of Man when God comes. There's a strange hint that this might happen again. There's a strange hint in the book of Daniel, chapter 2, verse 43. 
in the distant future, during the time of tribulation, I'll put it up on the screen. This is talking about the Antichrist when he comes and there's gonna be 10 rulers are gonna gather together. There's gonna be, it's gonna be clay mixed with iron. They're not gonna mix well, but it's interesting. The wording's very interesting when it says, Daniel 2.43, as you saw iron mixed with ceramic clay. This is talking about these world leaders. Satan is gonna be involved. The Antichrist is gonna be on the scene. It says they will mingle with the seed of men. Just interesting. But they will not adhere to one another just as iron does not mix with clay. So as in the days of Noah, so will this, the Son of Man come. So some suggest and use that and say, well, this might happen again during the time of tribulation. Good news, we won't be here during that time, I don't believe. We will be gone. Okay, as we close. It was so awesome. My wife and I, we, in September, we met this wonderful couple from New Jersey. We were looking at open houses in our community just for fun. We were checking out some open houses, and we met this couple, and they told us that they were looking at moving here from their, I think her husband's retiring, Stephen Nancy, excuse me, Stephen Sandy. As we were talking with them, we just hit it off real good with this couple, and it was a blessing. We, sorry for keeping you guys. I'll, so it was a blessing. So we, we connected with them, and they, you know, they really loved our community. We told them how great it was. We love our community. We even showed them our house and all that. And so we exchanged numbers. Uh, Sandy was able to get my wife's telephone number. So we didn't see them. They never contacted us. They never you know, did anything to get a hold of us. We just thought maybe they'd found another place. No big deal. Well, yesterday, we were at open houses looking for a house for a friend of ours because a friend of ours wants to move in the area. So we were just checking out some houses, and we run into Steve and Sandy. And they're like, we bought a house here. We go, no way, we didn't hear from you. He's like, yeah, we bought a house real close. So they live right next to us. They said, we were going to knock on all the doors. You never returned our text. So we were going to knock on the doors. We forgot which house you were in. And we're like, oh, no, but we didn't get your text. And she says, no, I text you. And Kathleen's looking, I didn't get your text. And so I looked at this lady, Sandy's phone. I picked up her phone. I'm looking and looking. I'm like, okay. I says, oh, she had everything right, but she put a zero after the area code. Probably because she thought she's from the UK. There needs to be a zero there. I don't know. <laughs> and she was bummed. She goes, oh, I was trying to get a hold of you. I thought you guys were just too busy for us. I'm like, no, we would have loved to get in contact with you. And da, da, da. And I, so I was thinking through that. I was thinking about, you know, Sandy wanted to get a hold of my wife. My wife would love to get a hold of her. But because of this one little number, they couldn't connect. Can I say this as we close? God wants to connect with every one of us. And if you really want to connect with God, there's only one way, and his name is Jesus. There's only one way, and it's through Jesus Christ. God wants so bad to connect with us. He's given us full access. It's not through Buddha. It's not through Muhammad. It's not through meditation. It's not through all these ways that men say, that's how we connect with God. No, it's through Jesus. I pray we as believers here today, we take advantage. I know we unraveled a lot of stuff. Your head's probably just going, what was that? It's the Bible. That's what it is. And that's the way that God opens up to us and talks to us is through his word. But only through his son Jesus do we have full access to his throne. Believers, as we close, let's take advantage of that access. Those of you in this sanctuary right now, if you're still searching, you're still wondering, you're still contemplating, you're still thinking, 
Go to Jesus. Receive that full access that God wants for you. God loves you so much, he sent his son to die a brutal death. And he died in your place. He took your penalty. He took your sin. That you might have full access to a holy, wonderful, caring, loving, gracious, merciful God. Listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our Sunday service times are 10 a.m. and 12 o'clock noon. Our Tuesday evening Bible study begins at 7 p.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.